Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to I'm Not Crazy, the podcast for true crime, conspiracy, and all the things that make your coworkers and family uncomfortable to talk to you about. Don't worry. We're here to listen to you. Cameron Jones here, along with my co-host. Nicole. Uh, this is a Nicole episode, and I've been warned, so just uh, listener discretion out there. This episode is going to contain depictions of sexual assault, uh, so if you're uncomfortable with that, please skip, but... Nicole, take it away and tell me what tell me what we're getting into. Like I mentioned before to you, I went down a kidnapping rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sure did. So keeping I went, a theme though. I am keeping a theme though, and it's kind of it kind of leaves you feeling a little unsettled with your day to day activities. Oh, you getting a little paranoid now? I kind of. I just sit here and I think about. I'm like, does anybody stalk me, or am I? Do I look like a? Uh, sure, hope not. A, can not a candidate do i look vulnerable enough to be kidnapped do i look like a no i don't want to say a sucker but do i look like a mark kind of uh, like a target not just kidnapping but also like sex trafficking too fear okay kind of well it's good to be on guard everyone out there but also nicole's uh heavily armed when i send her out the door so uh she'll fight you yeah i'm scrappy she has weapons dangerous she- weapons Mm-hmm. this episode is the kidnapping of jc dugard Okay. Do you, are you familiar with J.C. Dugard at all? I don't think so. The name is somewhat familiar, but I think it just sounds like someone I went to high school with. Possibly. On June 10th of 1991, 11-year-old girl named J.C. Lee Dugard was abducted yards away from her home while walking to a school bus stop in Myers, California. Even with the assistance from FBI, it brought them no closer to finding J.C. And after... New- she was how old again? You said 11? 11. Okay. And for nearly two decades, it seems that she would never be found. Well, that's scary. At what age do you let your child go to the bus stop alone, you know? 11 sounds like, right. That seems like they I should know, be able to I know, but I also that. feel like nowadays you shouldn't. Like, parents should probably... Just be with their kid at all time? Or at least be not, looking out the window Not at all times. I feel like it might be embarrassing to, like, for a child to, like, think about because they're at that age. I feel like until they are freshmen in high school. Oh, that's a while. Or like even, you know, like growing up, even I noticed that some parents would sit in their cars and like watch their kids get on the school bus. Yeah. So, well, I don't at least think from the windows or something. Yeah. I don't think there's any it. harm in that. But yeah, I mean, fine. the world's a scary place. I mean, but my small town, I mean, most of my friends would like walk or ride their bike just a couple like blocks or miles to school from in town. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, times have changed. Yeah. Shouldn't do it. Keep, keep, keep an eye on your kids. J.C. Dugard was born on May 3rd of 1980. They described that she had a typical life. She lived with her mother, Terry, and her stepfather, Carl Probin. Mm, Terry sounds like a smoker's name for some reason to me. I'm Terry. That's what I hear. Sorry. Carl and Terry Probin had another daughter named Shana in 1991. So in this house, we have... like 11 years apart. That's That's a gap. Yeah. So in this house, we have Terry, the mom, stepfather, Carl... JC and then stepsister Shayna. Okay. So I'm going to fast forward because, like I mentioned in the beginning, she was gone for nearly two decades. Okay. So we're, and so right now we're in 91 ish when she's disappearing? Yeah. Okay. So we're fast forwarding past her getting abducted on June 10th of 1991 mm-hmm. while she was walking to the school bus, which was apparently very close to her house. Wait, June, should they have been in school at that point? Well, she was born in 1980. 
she was abducted abducted in 1991. Oh, so I was just she asking June. Are our kids still in school at June? I thought they were on summer break by then. Um, some kids. I mean, summer school. You have summer activities. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Just checking. I mean, that's how it was for my for me. Summer was break. I was off from all school activities. No, I did. I did school activities. Not this guy. Of course, you wouldn't. For 18 years. It was said that J.C. lived in a shack in the backyard of her abusers. Probably like a Home Depot kind of thing, or like what are we th- what are we talking here? I would think like a like shack, a work shed, like a work shed. Okay, that's what I would think. Her abusers were actually named Philip and Nancy Gerado. Gerado, and these are neighbors, right? So they they don't live that far. They don't really say if they're neighbors, but she just lived in the shack i didn't do the actual math of like the distance between myers california and i think there are from so where she was living in the shack it was it's like about a three hour drive from where she was in the shack and then myers california okay so these weren't people though that like were in the neighborhood seeing her often this was maybe like i mean it could have been three hours away though they would still have to be like they, they just pick somebody wasn't like a, a neighbor neighbor yeah yeah okay okay a little more pre-planned i wonder if it was just the bus stop and in particular they they had marked or i don't know huh like i said it leads you to a spiral of just thinking why why for 18 years she lived in a shack in the backyard of her abusers philip and nancy Gerado. philip Gerado raped her and because of this jc actually had two daughters during her captivity one at the age of 14 and one at the age of 17. Mm. her daughters were like raised to believe that the abusers so nancy and philip were mom and dad okay was she just still in the shack this whole time but the kids weren't i would think so because it said she lived in the shack for like 18 years okay but they brought the kids out of the shack and they were house kids they were, it seems like they were house kids. Okay, I mean, not, then, I mean, with those two people though, not that that's not necessarily much better, but yeah, at least they're not in the shack. So they brainwashed these girls to think that the Gerardos were mom and dad, and then JC was the older sister. So JC, who's actually mom, is the older sister. Still have no questions about why our older sister lives in a shack. I guess not. Hmm. Her captors, Nancy and Philip ordered jc to adopt a new name she chose the name Alyssa. okay don't know why she just picked it the gerardos also constantly lied to jc slash Alyssa, brainwashing her so she would not feel the need to escape so i'm guessing just th- through threats probably through threats okay. yeah now we're gonna fast forward on august 24th of two not 2009, just over 18 years later. Philip Gerardo visited the San Francisco office of the Federal Bureau Investigation. So the FBI. Of his own accord, he just went there? He just went there. Okay. He left a four-page essay containing his ideas about religion and sexuality. Hey, everybody, check me out. Look at me. Investigate me. Pretty much. Just like Uh, Target. And I'm sure they were pretty regular ideas. So he was suggesting that he discovered a solution to problem behaviors similar to his past crimes. The essay described how he had cured his deviant behavior and how that information could be used to assist in curing other sexual predators. 
so sexual was this predators. like this kidnapping was just like an experiment for his thesis is that what i'm to let, let, led to believe then i don't know like i don't seems underst- like they, i don't they, understand his thought process because he, he captured this girl he he sexually assaulted he and raped sexual, her. yeah multiple times so she produced two children seems like he's not solved to the problem no i don't know if he was just doing this to like keep them off his trail or just being like hey i don't need a parole officer because i came up with this wonderful idea okay his essay described that he would assist in curing sexual predators by quote-unquote controlling human impulses that drive humans to commit dysfunctional acts okay but how how though you know we would have to read that four page essay baby it's not that long it's easily we could finish it within a couple minutes probably on that same day, ironically, Philip Gerardo traveled to the University of California, Berkeley with J.C. Dugard's two daughters. Well, I guess it would be his daughters, too. Yeah, right. And visited its campus police office, seeking permission to hold a special event as a part of his, he calls it his God's Desire program, which is essentially... Is he God now? It sounds like his desire. Or maybe not even, because he still has someone captive. I have house, no so. idea. But this program, I feel like it's just footing, getting people into, I don't know, reading his fucking essay and like right. and feeling like they can change their lives by controlling human impulses. Nuts. He spoke with a special events manager, Lisa Campbell, and she described Philip's behavior as erratic and then described the girls being sullen and very submissive. Well, at least he brought them along too. And it wasn't just like him being out crazy and about, you know? Yeah. But I don't understand why he even took the daughters with him. Just thinking it's okay. Just he's visiting a college campus. Also, if they were just like, if they were treated as regular daughters, I mean, I guess maybe they would just go out and about with him. It's just, I'm sure they look you know, frightened, terrified Tim Burton characters of children. Possibly. So Lisa, because of this, Lisa Campbell asked Philip Gerardo to make an appointment for the next day. Of course this man did. He left his name in the process. Great. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that flagged some things. So she gave this information to Officer Allie Jacobs, who actually ran a background check and discovered that Gerardo was a registered sex offender. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. He was on federal parole parole for kidnapping and rape. Cool. Not cool, but you know what I mean. Well, it's a good thing he went straight to the FBI to be like, hey, guys, remember me? Right. And they can be like, hey, I remember that guy. He left a four-page essay about how he turned his life around. Which is also terrifying. And now he wants to have host God's Desire at Berkeley. Well, which is also t- terrifying because it doesn't seem like anybody was on to him or anything. He just came no, out of the... No, that's like the part that like... There are so many things when I read these, like, crime stories that just, I'm like, what? He just came out of the woodwork. Otherwise, he'd probably just still be living in with his lady in the shack and making his crazy manifesto. But also, nobody thought that, like, he he has this four-page essay. Like, at the FBI. How long did we go from the essay to uh, him getting called back in? So... So it was the next, it was within like 48 hours because he went to. Okay, well, then we worked pretty quick from this guy being like, hey, guys. No, I know, but I feel like it only, it it was because Lisa Campbell. I feel like otherwise the FBI would have been like, who is this fucking weirdo? Sure, okay. Although I probably would have been like, 
if he's making uh, if he has this essay about controlling human impulses that drive uh well, again, to commit dysfunctional acts and he has two little sullen and submissive girls with him sure and he has a history of a uh, sexual assault I, I sure hope that they I just... I feel like there are so many puzzles that just... There's so many pieces to this puzzle that just fit together and it just... It took Miss Officer Allie Jacobs and Lisa Campbell to hop on the scene. Yeah, it didn't take, it didn't take much. He, he gave him a lot. Yeah. But uh, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. Oh, Philip Gerardo and the girls returned for their appointment at 2, at 2 p.m. the following day. Officer Allie Jacobs attended the meeting, of course. The girls appeared to the officer to be pale as they have not been exposed to sunlight. Duh. And well, she, they weren't in the shack, at least. They still I have know, just like but full house privileges. I, f- I feel like he had to have like... Well, still wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got you. And she also felt that the be- their behavior was unusual. I mean, if they're sullen and submissive, yeah, it's going to be a little weird. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Philip Gerardo's several parole violations were a basis for an arrest. So Officer Jacobs phoned the parole office to relay her concerns and even even leaving a report on voicemail. If he already has like these parole violations, yeah. why wasn't someone looking into it already? You know, like it's like they you could know, have maybe. Like I said, there's so many pieces of this puzzle that fit together. It seems like someone should have checked out his property. Maybe heard some weird noises from the sheds. Found those Tim Burton kids huddled in his house. Okay. Weird. After hearing Officer Jacobs' recorded message, two parole agents drove to Nancy and Philip's house later that day. Upon arrival, they actually handcuffed Philip Gerardo and searched the house, finding only his wife, Nancy, and his elderly mother at home. Which so he- also... Grandma... How, what? How decre- so it's, we kind of got like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre situation going on here. Where we have a whole decrepit gross family hanging out in the house. It seems like it. But mm. also like, Grandma, what the fuck? I mean, how old is she? Is she like it Charlie just in the Chocolate Factory bedridden and she can't think, do I anything? I don't know. But she she's elderly and she's at home while all of this is happening. Well, let's hope that she was just immobile and living in horror at what was happening. Or maybe she... Unable to act. Maybe uh, I shouldn't be that harsh on Grandma. Maybe she has dementia. Maybe she has Alzheimer's. So something. when the two girls are there, she's like... Oh, those are my grandbabies. Yeah, or, you know, she's just a terrible person, too. Bore a monster, so who's to say? The parole agents then drove him to the parole office. En route, Gerardo said that the girls who accompanied him to UC Berkeley were the daughters of a relative and that he had permission from their parents to take them there. I think legally you just don't have any permission ever to do that. No, no. Although the parole officer had previously banned the Gerardos from associating with minors, and Berkeley was 40 miles from Gerardo's Contra Costa residence, which is 15 miles over the 20-mile limit, he was allowed to travel from his home without the parole agent's permission. Okay, someone should track that. Yeah, but nothing was done about these violations. Okay. Great. After reviewing his file with a supervisor, they drove Gerardo home and ordered him to report the office again the next day to discuss his visit to UC Berkeley and to follow up on the officer's concerns about the two girls. Yeah, but did they do they have custody of the girls or they just leave with him still? I think they just left with him. The, and left now, them with him? Yeah, and, okay, then, and then they're like, come back, bring the girls. God, it's so slow acting. Get them out of there. That's the thing that I don't get. Mm. 
Philip Gerardo arrived at the parole office in Concord, California on August 26th of 2009 with Nancy, the two girls, and JC slash Alyssa. The parole officer decided to separate Philip Gerardo from the women and the girls to obtain their identification. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want him around. Right. So JC, maintaining her false identity as Alyssa, she told investigators that the girls were her daughters. Although she indicated that she was aware that Philip Gervardo was a convicted sex offender, she stated that he was a changed man and a great person. Have you read the manifesto? It's only four pages. And he was good with her kids. And the statements were also echoed by her two daughters. Okay. Probably as hauntingly vacant, but... Possibly. When they pressed for details to confirm Alyssa's identity, JC slash Alyssa became extremely defensive and she was very agitated, demanding to know why she was being interrogated. Okay. So we have some Stockholm Syndrome going on, it seems, and she's she's been in a little too long? Yeah. Okay. And subsequently stated that she was a battered wife. This is like her whole story. So she claimed that she was a battered wife from Minnesota in hiding from her abusive husband. So Philip took her in and he was uh, this great man. Okay. Do you think she actually believed that story that got fed to her at this point? Or she's just so scared. She's still just like trying to come up with I think plausible probably, things to keep her Probably in fear. Okay. I would think so. I mean, you're you're trapped with this man for 18 years. He's raping you. Telling you lies, feeding you this false information. You have to create this new identity. I mean, you live in a shack. I mean, that's what you've known since you were 11, essentially. Yeah, that's true. The parole officer eventually called the Concord police. Upon arrival of a Concord police sergeant, Gerardo, Philip Gerardo, admitted that he kidnapped and raped JC Dugard, who's Alyssa. That's a quick flip. Yeah, he probably just panicked. It seems like if anybody then just would have done a parole checkup and like seen that he, you know, yeah, seems like this could have been solved a while ago. I agree. Only after this, she properly identified herself as JC Dugard. Woo-hoo, she's back. Investigators believe that JC experienced Stockholm syndrome, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. during her period of captivity. I mean, she was eleven, being fed all this information. So she acts. So a part of her does like him, though. At this point, I think so. Okay. Because she's told this. She was probably told by, like, Nancy and Philip, like, I'm a great man. Mm-hmm. I'm a wonderful human being. I'm so nice to your daughters. Our daughters. Gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Philip and Nancy Gerardo entered guilty pleas to J.C. Lee Dugard's kidnapping on April 28th of 2011. Philip also received 13 sexual assault charges, while Nancy had a charge of aiding and abetting sexual assault. What about grandma? Does she get charged for anything? I, grandma, there's no mention of grandma. That makes that. me believe she's pretty... Not uh, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip received 431 years to life in prison since he was already a registered sex offender before the kidnapping. Right. That makes Great. Yeah. Nancy had 36 years to serve. And this is a little, little happy note. Mm-hmm. J.C. Dugard received a 20 million... Received $20 million from a victim compensation fund. Cool. Nice. She also published a book called A Stolen Life. And then they said that she just aims to... She pretty much lived a private life with her two daughters. Rightfully so. Mm. Well, that's I nice don't think I'd really 
go out much after that. Well, I'd probably try to. Uh, it would be so hard. It'd be a while to piece my life back together. Do you think? How, do you do you think you'd be able to just like live a normal life knowing that you're like a child of like? No. Let's say our former episode, the Fritzel case of like my grandpa's my dad and my we lived in a basement for no, twenty years. No, I wouldn't. Be pretty hard. I, at least now that they have like some money, they can just you know live comfortably yeah just stay inside and watch netflix find out what real life's a lot of therapy oh oh yeah ton just a just a ton a lot of therapy Mm -hmm. yeah i can't imagine i think eventually i could be able to not not probably be pretty messed up yeah (laughs) i think i would (laughs) yeah i would have a lack of trust trust would be broken yeah that makes sense all fronts that's the end of it. That was she received twenty million from a victim constant. Const, I was gonna say constipation, compensation fund. Philip is fourth four hundred thirty one years to life, and Nancy. I think she should have gotten more than thirty six years. Both still alive and still in prison. I assume by the you know years they got. I assume. Okay. Well, happy ending there at least. You know, nice. Do you have any more uh, kidnappings coming up, or is this the end of your little mini series? Well, I'm. I do have more kidnappings coming okay. up, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit oh, for my thing. next oh, good. one. Oh, good. And it's going to, like you mentioned in the beginning, we talk about uncomfortable things, and it's going to get a little uncomfortable. And I think you're going to feel really weird about it, but it's going to delight me okay. on the inside. Well, can't. Well, it's yeah. I'm not going to say what it is, but it makes people feel weird. Some people don't feel comfortable talking about it. It's out there. I'm going to I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Well, look forward <laughs> it's to It's very vague, but that's that's what I got. Look forward to that in the future. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to our episode on the case of JC Dugard. If you like what you heard, make sure you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Make sure to rate and review, tell your friends and family, spread the word on our fun little cult here. If you Oh, not cult. Club. If you want more if you our want our little friend chat. Our little friend chats. If you want more content, make sure to follow the entire Majestic Jam Network, Urban Hermit Podcast, Cult Classic Podcast, and the Highwire Podcast. And you know what? Just just like us a little bit. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah. We'd appreciate it. Follow us on social media, all that good stuff. And until then, we'll check you on the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.